And so, yeah, it's really important just to know that that um, the prosecution is to examine the facts be around this murder, but there's no doubt that in the abortion, um, a murder has taken place. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, I've touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. My name is Daniel Parks. I serve as the West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life. I oversee all of our efforts from the Rockies West and also oversee our Sidewalk Outreach Ministry. And I'm joined by Vicki Cassiorg. Say hey. Hey there. I am the Sidewalk Training Director nationally, and I'm here in Charlotte um, helping with the Sidewalk teams out locally. Yeah. And we record here in Charlotte, North Carolina, which Mm -hmm. is where our home base with Love Life is. And um, we record these podcast episodes primarily to focus on the Sidewalk Ministry Mm-hmm. And to encourage people that are doing sidewalk ministry, many of you guys that are listening are doing sidewalk ministry, sidewalk outreach ministry under Love Life across the nation. And we appreciate what you guys are doing. So we do these episodes to encourage you. We do these to challenge you. We do these um, to, I mean, really just bring you in the loop on some of the things that we feel like the Lord is speaking to us around sidewalk outreach ministry, but also other topics. Um, we do practical stuff. As you guys know that are listening, we do some very practical podcasts, but we also do some more philosophical. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're going to do today is more in this philosophical realm. Right. Um, not necessarily going to have to do with a sidewalk ministry per se, um, but I guarantee you, if you haven't already had these questions come up or these thoughts come to your mind, you, you, you're you likely going to, uh, the more and more we see um, states, we just did a podcast episode couple weeks back about the 12-week ban here in North Carolina, right? Right. Since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and even before that, there's always been talk of legislation and um, things that would be put in place to ultimately end abortion. And so we're going to be talking kind of around that subject today, again, more the philosophical, but you know, hopefully to provoke some thought in you guys. And as I've said, I said at the 12-week ban podcast that we did, I, I try to stay out of the, the political stuff, although it's an impossibility. Right. Because <laughs> everything tends to lean toward politics it in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, but I said it because it's a convoluted cacophony of poppycock. <laughs> right. I remember I try that. to stay away Good from phrase. it. So, <laughs> so we'll try to help bring some clarity yeah. um, to this topic. And try to make it not a convoluted cacophony of poppycock for you guys, <laughs> but really more than anything to provoke thought, yeah, to help you guys to in, in a in a healthy way, in a well rounded and well informed way, answer questions that people might have who may be kind of on the fence about pro life stuff, um, or maybe have questions about different aspects of pro-life legislation. You, If you've been listening to this podcast any amount of time, you've heard the terms abolitionist and, of course, pro-life or gospel-centered pro-life podcast. You've heard the term immediatist and incrementalist. And um, 
we will maybe you should, I, I should just go ahead and define those terms. You think that's helpful? Yes, just in case yeah. there's someone who's been living under a rock. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's possible you haven't heard those terms. So if, you know, we we deal with them every day. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's good to define them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really have a, a an immediate impact using the word immediatus um, on the sidewalk ministry. You guys who are listening, for the most part, you're focused on the sidewalk ministry, and again, these politics and these other things are just like. Like you just want to see babies saved, the gospel preached, moms come to the Lord, families ministered to. And I get that. That's our heart too. Right. This isn't going to directly affect yeah. what you do, but it it I think it can affect um your validity before others if you're able yeah. to talk about these sure. things intelligently. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it helps you just to be in the loop. So yeah. let me just define the terms. Okay. So if you hear these terms, you'll kind of know what they mean. So pro life, you guys know what that means. We're for life, pro for life, right? We don't want people to have abortions. Mm -hmm. um, abolitionist is a term that's used to kind of distinguish itself from pro-life because people that would say they're abolitionists, and this is just a generalization, would say they're not pro-life because the pro-life um, industrial complex, you use terms like that, this whole the whole pro-life movement has done very little to end abortion. Now, again, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying many abolitionist people would say that. So they say we shouldn't limit abortion. We should immediately abolish abortion, and right. they equate themselves to um, those who wanted to abolish slavery. And I would be – I'll embrace that term. Mm -hmm. I'll say I'm a pro-life abolitionist mm -hmm. just to offend both camps because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Abortion should be ended immediately. Yeah. But like we talked about in our 12-week ban podcast, if they limit abortions – I know – I'm sorry – Babies are going to be saved if you, if, you know, yeah. and I know abolitionist people aren't mad, but, and I get it. Listen to that episode. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. I'm not going to go over all of that. Um, and so let me get into the other terms. So incrementalist and immediatist. Incrementalist is someone that believes that, yes, we want to end abortion, but we're going to do it through incremental steps, right? We're going to limit abortions. Um, we'll, we'll do a partial birth abortion ban and we'll be content with that until we get a 20 week ban where you can't have abortions past 20 weeks and then a 12 week ban and then a heartbeat bill. And then ultimately the desire is that abortion would be completely incrementally stamped out. Yeah. Right? Gradually they're going to starve the abortion centers so that they can no longer make money. Yeah, so they eventually yeah. have to just give it up. Right. An incrementalist will do all kinds of things. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying I agree with these things or disagree with them. Um, cause again, I kind of try to stay out of that realm, yeah. but you know, they'll do things like for abortion centers, limiting the, the size of the hallways mm -hmm. at the abortion center so that an ambulance can get a gurney through there or something. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll do all kinds of things to try to restrict the abortion clinic's ability to do abortions right. under the guise of making it safer and all of this. Right. Yeah. The reality is a lot of the restrictions, we all know it, they're putting in place to really cut off the flow of abortion patients and, and yeah. hurt the bottom line of the abortion clinic, exactly. but they do it incrementally. Yeah. And immediatist is saying, no, we shouldn't make abortions more safe and, and put these things in place to make them more safe. Or also we shouldn't um, ban abortions at 12 weeks because we're saying when we do that, that babies at 12 weeks um, and before 12 weeks are less valuable than babies after 12 weeks. Again, that's the that's the immediatist. We shouldn't limit abortions. We should outright ban abortions. Right. Full stop. That's it. Right. And so that's kind of defining the terms. Hopefully that's helpful and not confusing for you guys. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think, you know, just so you guys know, um, I 
I do kind of ride the fence on those things, right? I mean, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about um, really one of the one of the kind of crux cruxes is that a word? Yeah, it's a, of the a issue. Definitely a key part yeah. of the argument, and probably the most controversial part yeah. of yeah. this argument. Yeah, and so essentially, what we're going to be talking about is. Mm-hmm. Um, because the immediatists would say women should be prosecuted who have abortions. Right. And many incrementalists would say, no, women shouldn't be prosecuted. Right. They're also victims right. of abortion. Yeah. And so we're going to get into that and uh, probably won't talk about the whole victim thing. We did do a podcast about that mm-hmm. where we basically came away with, are women that have abortions victims or are they not? Um, I think our takeaway from that was they're victims of the lies of the devil, yeah. right? Just like we all are. We're victims of our own flesh. We're victims of a fallen world. Right. Um, but there are also, some true victims, like victims right. of sex trafficking or sure. whatever, that are truly being forced into yeah, an abortion. Yeah, people that are drug, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, they're victimizers, right? right? If, yeah. you're, if that baby is the victim, yeah. right? And I don't say that. Lightly and with a heavy hand, although it sounds like maybe I'm coming across their victimizers and I'm pointing the finger. Yeah. But it's a reality. If we yeah. believe that that baby is the victim of a cruel act, abortion, um, then we have to look at the scenario honestly and say, okay, who's the victimizer in this situation? Yeah. The mama's the one that's taking the baby in to be murdered. Yeah. And of course, the abortionist as well, right? They need to be held accountable. Yeah. Um, and so the question is should women be prosecuted? For having abortions. Yeah. And so this question came up. Um, I just started thinking about it after um, someone was talking with me on Facebook about it. And my gut response, I come to this question as a post-abortive woman, someone who yeah. has been involved in an abortion. I had an abortion before I was a believer. But nonetheless, I, I've often thought this in, in our society, there's no statute of limitations on murder. Right. You can be accused of murder and prosecuted for murder whenever the evidence points out that that there's enough evidence that you're a murderer. There's clearly I'm admitting I was a murderer. Yeah. So I thought of this question thinking, should I be prosecuted? Right. Um, and I honestly to, you know, so I, I did research for, for sure. this podcast. I really I really examined scripture. I examined logically. Um, th- to try to find an answer, just following the yeah. logic, and and just from the personal personal emotional uh fact that I'm one of the people they're talking about. Right now, no one's talking about. We talked about this earlier. No one's really talking about prosecuting for past abortions. Right. It was legal. Definitely, there were a lot of lies yeah. told. Still, are a lot of lies being told, and um, and I know I was raised in the uh the time period when I really did believe this was not a baby. There was not, this was a blob of cells. There was nothing wrong with it. It was so little. So I do think it, it, there can, an argument can be made for, um, no, we, we can't for, for one thing, one out of four women and men are involved in an abortion. So were we to prosecute 25% of our population, that's not going to happen. Right. So we really are talking about um, now from, from this point forward, should women be held liable 
for murder. Basically, right. that's our, should they be held accountable for the murder of their unborn child? Right. Yeah. And um, and I think the the very um, first thing that you have to think about is okay. Well, murder. What's the definition of murder? Um, to take an innocent life by malice of forethought. The intentional taking of an innocent human life. And so break that down. Is abortion intentional? Yes. Yeah. Is it the taking of a life? Yes. Is that life human? There's all the human DNA that person will ever have right there at the moment of conception. So I think very little argument could be made that this is not a human being. Yeah. Um, so is And is it innocent? And, uh, and is it yeah. innocent? Right. Is it an innocent life? And nothing, no human life is more innocent than this child yeah. in, in the womb who has had no opportunity yet to be tempted or to sin. Right. So um, by every definition of murder, this is, this is an, the intentional taking of an innocent human life. Yeah. And there are two kind of, I guess, people responsible the woman who says yes but the abortionist who actually commits yeah. the yeah the and there could be murder. more than that too right if you have someone that's pressuring her to have an abortion if it's the boyfriend or the husband uh, parents or whatever yeah um then there's there's a lot to be considered in that situation yeah and i think so when you talk about this topic in this way a lot of emotions can come up especially for people that have abortion in their past right and so we're not saying put put all your emotions aside, but what we are saying in this is that we have to think about this logically. Mm -hmm. And so the question then, should women that have abortions be prosecuted? The, the, the answer is everyone involved in the murder of an innocent human being should be prosecuted. But that doesn't mean being prosecuted doesn't mean they're going to get the electric chair. And it doesn't mean they're going to go immediately to jail. What we're really talking about, if, if we could rephrase the question, reframe it to like be more accurate, mm -hmm. it should be, should everyone that's involved in the murder of an innocent human being be given a trial, yeah. right? Should, should the evidence be weighed out and uh, should they be, you know, given a, a, a trial before a jury of their peers. And, and should the victim of any murderer be given equal protection right. under the law? So really the absolute root issue is, is that um, a human being? Right. And that, and if, if it is, and when does that be that person or that, that um, fetus, whatever become a human being. And if you are a Christian who carefully scours the scripture, I think you can come to no other conclusion, but that you become a human being at the moment of conception. Right. To me, it's the only thing that makes logical sense. Yeah. So if we as Christians agreed on that, which we don't, but if we did, I was very hard pressed to come up with any answer other than that baby deserves equal, that unborn baby at any point in development deserves equal protection under the law. Right. And I tried to find a loophole. Yeah. I really could not find a logical um, yeah. loophole. Yeah. And ultimately, again, that is the crux of the issue. Yeah. E equal protection. 
like, do we really believe? I mean, again, before we started this podcast, I mentioned the same thing, the trot out the toddler thing that Scott, Scott Klusendorf does, yes, you know, yeah. in the sled method. Another method is trot out the toddler. What he means by that is take what you believe about a toddler and apply that to a preborn baby. Right. Because we believe that they're the same as far as value and all of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if a woman, this is a hypothetical, but with her two-year-old found a place where she could take her two-year-old and a doctor would inject that two-year-old with poison and kill it, should she be prosecuted for that activity? I mean, maybe she's got difficulties in her life. Maybe she has financial circumstances that cause her to not be able to take care of that child. Mm-hmm. Would we be okay with that? Or and would we be saying not. as of a society? Not, right. Of course, yeah. we would not. So right. she should be prosecuted. Yeah. The doctor that she took the child to should be prosecuted. Right. Anyone involved in that? Maybe her and her boyfriend conspired together to do this. Yep. Yeah. Um, th- that person should be prosecuted. Now, when we say prosecuted again, we're saying they should be given due process. Right. Yeah. We're not saying they should immediately be thrown into prison, you know, in the lowest parts of the dungeon. Right. And one of the points that I read that that helped me as I was weighing through all of the material is that the judge had the trial will bring out all sides of the story. Like what has happened? What are the extenuating circumstances? Was she being coerced? Whatever in any murder. And, and, and the penalty will differ in depending on what the judge and the jury decide based on how culpable she is. Cause there are circumstances that might reduce culpability. And, and so, yeah, it's really important just to know that, that, um, the prosecution is to examine the facts be around this murder, but there's no doubt that in the abortion, um, a murder has taken place. And one of the things that um, that really came to me with just so much clarity is I totally, totally understand the immediatist position. Legislators are only giving lip service to the value of the unborn child as an innocent human being from the moment of conception, if there is any restriction, but not out, outright outlawing of abortion, and if there is not um, prosecution of the woman and of yeah. the abortionist. I just don't see any other logical line of thought. Yeah, yeah. And, and so here's the thing, though, because the accusation— from pro-life people and pro-abortion people and anyone else is you just want to see women prosecuted. You want to see women get the electric chair. And that's not the motivation. Yeah. Right. If you could completely disconnect the mother from the situation, then that would be a different story, but you can't, right? Right. That baby is inside of that mother's womb. And we're not going to get into all the pro-abortion arguments about bodily autonomy and all that stuff, because all that's bunk, because we have, Absolutely, scientifically, unequivocally, undeniably, a separate organism, right? That baby is a separate organism. Like, I'm sorry, that, that's that been long settled. Right. So I'm not going to go through all of that. Yeah. We believe it's a human being. We believe it's a human life. And so with the scenario that we're dealing with, we have a mother who can or cannot take the innocent life of her child. And we have to figure out what we do with that situation. Like if she goes into an abortion clinic or she takes a pill 
to kill that child's innocent life, we have to grapple with the question, do we believe that that life truly is as as much value as a two-year-old, a three-year-old, five-year-old? And if we do, if we believe that, then logically, consistently, and biblically, we have to say anyone who's involved in taking that innocent life has to be tried, right? The, yeah. the, the evidence has to be weighed out. And I'll say this, too, and this is the, um, the immediatist argument. This is the abolitionist argument um, for those who are for equal protection. This is the argument that at the end of the day, abortion will never come to an end until all who are involved in abortion suffer consequences yeah. for their decisions. Yeah. That's just the reality of the thing. And so the motive is not we want to you know, control women's bodies. The, the motive is not we want just women to suffer. Um, the motive is we want human lives to be protected equally under the law. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I looked in the Bible for murderers. Of which there's many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they kind of fall into two categories. They're murderers who, actually, there are murderers who murdered while loving the Lord, while claiming to love the Lord. And yeah. then there's the ones that didn't know the Lord and out of ignorance m- murdered. Yeah. Um, in fact, sometimes out of uh, misguided uh true belief that they were following God yeah. in, in the murder. But so Cain... Kills Abel, sure. one of the first yeah, ones. The first murder, um, yeah. Uh, Moses kills the Egyptian. Yeah. A second one. Um, David kills Uriah. David was clearly lo- loved the Lord. Yeah. And yet had he he had Uriah killed. Yeah. The, yeah. the husband of Bathsheba. Paul kills Stephen. Um, uh, well, Paul be- didn't kill Stephen, but he well, was there. He's, holding he was the right coats there, not who, stopping the stoning yeah. of of Stephen. Yeah. He so yeah, the Bible says he was holding the coats of those that. Right. Stoned Stephen. Judas betrays Jesus right. and, and Jesus is ultimately killed. And um and so in 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 all those cases, um God par except Judas maybe, um God pardons them, gives shows mercy, shows um kind of I mean there were consequences sure. for all of them, had consequences to the murder, but um but they they were shown God's mercy, and um, particularly those that instantly repented, like David, yeah. comes right to mind. How how he dealt with when he was confronted with the murder, murder of Uriah. So you know, I I God can can forgive. That's clear. God can forgive a murderer, um, but there are always consequences, and we're not God. What God has charged us to do as society is He's we have judges, and yeah. we have a system by which when there's transgression of the law, there are penalties. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love people that support um, no prosecution of women. Who have an abortion? I'd love for them to chime in and write to us and let us know how they justify it. Because, like I said, I went through the Bible. Look, I look at the murders in the Bible, and I see mercy and forgiveness from God, but I don't see that um, murderers are are not um, should not be prosecuted. Yeah. So, um, 
one of the things, I don't know, have you heard these words in the immediatist versus the inc incrementalist argument? Um, the incrementalist said that absolute justice was not going to be possible right now with okay. with which is kind of what you alluded to that yeah. that we our society is not ready to to prosecute women so they should we seek proximate justice is what the the term that was used and that yeah. was saying the um politicians believe it is easier to go after the abortionist than it is to go after the women. Yeah. And some of the laws, including the North Carolina new law, um, a woman can actually sue the abortionist yeah. in the new law that's going to be, uh, I think it goes into effect July 1st. Right. And the reason for that is not that it's um, logical or black and white that that's, that's the way it should be, but that that's the only justice that we feel we can actually attain right, right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the only justice that society would be able to conscience, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and I get that, and I understand that. And this is why I don't take a hardline stance against incrementalists and say they're in sin. Like, you know what? People that take that stance, I think, are, are sometimes self-righteous and really uninformed. They project sort of like ill motives. Now, are there pro-lifers that are part of organizations and things that in reality and they're politicians that in reality don't want to see abortion come to an end because that keeps their organizations going and their donations would run dry if abortion came to an end or their votes would run dry? There certainly are politicians and organizations that do that. I don't know of any, but I just know yeah. the nature of humans, yeah. right? Right. Um but to project like the whole you know pro-life establishment as being that that you know I've heard some abolitionists some uh, immediatists say the pro-life establishment doesn't want to end abortion they just want to perpetuate the thing like that's not true stop saying that that's yeah. not true now are they misguided are they taking a pragmatic versus a a biblically consistent approach yeah seems like they are but i don't think the motives are altogether wicked Right. And so we have to just be careful with, you know, attributing evil motives, especially to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you speak in those terms, you're shutting the conversation down immediately. You need to have a conversation around what the scripture says and what logically makes sense. And again, it, it only logically makes sense that anyone involved in the murder of an innocent human being should suffer consequences under the law if we believe that these babies are human beings with the same value. And again, there's no other logically way to come away from it. Either mm -hmm. they're of the same value as every other human being or they're not. Mm -hmm. And if they are, then just like you would want to see someone who's involved in the murder of a two-year-old prosecuted, you want to see everyone who's involved in the murder of a two-month-old in the womb prosecuted. Yeah. Right? It's just being logically consistent. Yeah. But we can actually be um, – we can be charitable <laughs> in the way that we, we share these things, right? And we should be charitable in the way that we share these things. We should be considerate, gracious. Um, but at the end of the day, equal protection is, is, is what we want. It's what the Bible demands. Yeah. So it's not like we were trying to answer this question for anyone other than ourselves. At least right. that was my intention. I wanted to answer this question in my own heart. And 
I, like I said, it gives me a little bit of discomfort to even say this, but I cannot find any logical reason not to provide that unborn child with equal protection under the law. I can't. I can't biblically and I can't just logically. Um, But my intention really of exploring this and, and doing this podcast was that people would really think through yeah. the issue because I never really had uh, because, uh, you know, it doesn't change again. Like I said, it doesn't really change what I do. I'm still going to try my best to convince the woman. And I did want to make the, to convince the woman to, to choose life. I did want to make the point that um, that our ministry, Love Life, their heart is not focused on should we prosecute women at all. Right. Their yeah. heart is focused on building House of Refuge churches. Our heart as a ministry is built on is is focused on building House of Refuge churches that will make abortion unthinkable because so much help and 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 hope will be tangibly offered to these women that they will choose Jesus, choose life. Um and abortion will die of its own right. because the church will be who they're called to be. I think that's our heart, yeah. which is why maybe we haven't really addressed this question strongly. But um, but again, please, I, I would urge everyone who is listening to this to really think through what do you believe about when that per- child becomes human, uh, when that child deserves protection, and what should that protection look like? And I, I think I, I really would love to hear from anyone yeah. who comes to a different conclusion than what we've kind of suggested we've come to. Yeah, yeah. So I want to mention as we wrap up here, there's a video. It's on YouTube, and it's by a guy by the name of Bradley Pierce. Mm-hmm. who works uh, for an organization called Abolish Abortion Texas. He's a great guy. He's a lawyer. And he actually goes through a logical sort of, here's how the just criminal justice system works and would work if equal protection were in place for the preborn. Mm. And I'm going to actually put it in the show notes of the podcast. And I would encourage you guys. Yeah. It's just called Equal Protection, How the Justice, justice System Works. And check it out. I think it will really help you and inform you of what really what we're talking about yeah. and give you a good a good way to argue um, from this perspective. So, yeah, check that out. And uh, I just appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky with a Y, at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Check out our other episodes on, the, on gospelcenteredprolife.com, our podcast website. And also check out our sidewalksforlife.com training and equipping website. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you